There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Todd here. And I just wanted to let you guys know that we will be doing our very first live show this year at Panic Film Festival in Kansas City on April 15th at 1 p.m. Tickets are available right now at panicfilmfest.com. And please come see your favorite power thruple at Panic Fest in Kansas City on April 15th. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. Ooh, ooh, baby, had me a hello. Ooh, I love you. I know. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch 50 First Dates. dates. (laughs) Which will be the title of my novel. Yeah, I'm surprised that you're so opposed to this. She seems like the perfect girl for you. Yeah, I think it'd be the legal action taken against me, which would be really (laughs) what would... (sighs) I'll dive into it. First thoughts. I picked this. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why do you love this movie, first off? There are parts of this movie that do not hold up. I will 100% agree with you. I think that it pokes some fun at people of differing genders, and that's not great. Uh, I think there are some racist elements to it. That's also not great. What I do think works is the love story. And I actually think it, I still think it works because every day she gets a choice where they tell her what's up. They're telling her at the beginning of the day. (sighs) Like Paige, literally at the end of this movie, they abscond with her to Alaska on a boat. See, that's the thing. Okay. She is fleeing from like any sort of like protection. Although her dad is there. Her dad is there. Here's what I will say. If you cut out that end scene, it's not nearly as horrifying. They have a child. Oh my God. That's what I I'm saying, Todd. If you cut out that end it. scene. Okay. Because here, here, hear me out. If they were lying to her, this yeah. would be a huge problem. Agreed. They are not. Right. They, every day, they start out with, here's the truth of what happened to you. Yes. And then we meet you where you are for the day. Yes. For the day. And, that, and then that's what's up. The Where it gets horrifying is later on the ship where she has a child that is nowhere near her home. But at the times when they're just like at her house and it's like, here's your life. This is, these are the people in your life. Here's the history and how you know them. Now you get to kind of choose how the rest of the day goes. 
I have no problem. I see that as them meeting someone where they are. Okay. Personally. Let's break that down. (laughs) (laughs) I think if the film had them together before the accident, this would work really well. I do think that would work better. I will give you that. He manipulates her lack of memory every day for a long time. (laughs) I would say for a portion of the time, yes, where he's like tricking her into meeting him. But once they go to the video and it's not him manipulating her lack of memory, it is him saying this is what happened to you we're not lying to you no one's pretending people are just telling you what's up and then you get to choose that's different yeah yeah, but like you could do something bad one day and like not <laughs> and they wouldn't put it remember. on the video. That, that, that is yeah. a problem. Like the devil is kind of in the details of your day-to-day life of like, you're so in love with me, even though yesterday I did fuck someone else. But like, you'll never know. Yeah. That is true. And that is a problem. It would take an enormous amount of trust. But technically, you could do that in a regular relationship if you just didn't tell people. That's true. Also but this true. could be yeah. like, I did do the dishes yesterday. Like, you can make up <laughs> anything. Or, like, when he goes, hey, if he does this certain play, then you have to do the the dishes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah and, exactly. That's, and that's not great. But I also don't like that they trick her into thinking it's the same day every day. No. Oh, I don't think that's, that's the right the way thing. to handle it either. That's yeah, Paige. Yeah. You're yeah. saying that they made a video, so she makes a choice, and they don't lie to her. But all of these people have continuously lied to her. They did up till that point. Like, I I would say the way they were handling it was bad. I would say if you want to handle this in the most respectful way for someone in this position, you have to be honest with them as much as you can. And once it gets to that point, I like it a lot. Now, I'm not a brain injury specialist. I just think a lawyer... Like you could, <laughs> this thing would definitely go to trial. If, like if she could co- actually legally consent to a relationship, I did question whether or not they would let her get married or for sure. even have sex. Paige, like they are. I like, think she oh. is an adult, and once you tell her the truth, and she gets to choose if she knows the truth, I don't have a problem. When I thought through this in my head, she is every day making that choice as long as he is not being inappropriate she is every day falling in love with him again and making that choice making that choice and someday she does and someday she doesn't but i hate it i'm okay with that (laughs) but like listen does this movie want us to like like the guy who is essentially taking advantage of drew barrymore who has a traumatic brain injury i feel like at a certain point he's no longer taking advantage i feel like (laughs) there is a shift but he's like manipulating her into having like a one night stand with him every night sort of but like at the end of the movie yeah i do like him and i love this movie like and i don't understand the magic trick involved in making me love that movie as a premise i do i do this is the perfect (laughs) movie for the podcast yes it is where it's like the movie is sweet and it's like funny and enjoyable yes it it coasts on chemistry for a lot of the movie that is true page but they have the moment you analyze anything going on you're like wait i don't uh, I don't know about that. Uh, wh- it's a lot like while you were sleeping, <laughs> in, in yeah, that yeah, way yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. there's a <laughs> there's a pretty big moral dilemma here. But don't you totally root for them? <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind yes, of. absolutely. <laughs> Did I cry at the end? Page? Oh, I sob yes, multiple times in this absolutely. movie. Every time, today, the first time, but, multiple times. But I was also very concerned that they had children. They were in Alaska. Like I had that is concerned. Yeah. 
concerning. Yeah. I will not. I will not deny that's concerning. Todd Page. Let me rewrite this movie. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> her husband is murdered, so she gets a bunch of tattoos. What she thinks are clues about who murdered her husband. <laughs> and half of it's black and white. Half of and it's in color. You gotta decode it. <laughs> Adam Sandler comes, but he's also that guy who is a traitor on The Matrix. Right. And then he just points her at directions to murder people. To murder other people. And you don't even know if those are the people that actually killed his wife or if his wife just died of an overdose because he didn't remember that he had injected her once before. Yes, Paige. But those tattoos are Adam Sandler's video. And it, Memento <laughs> and 51st Dates are the same movie. I rest my case. I will say that the movie only offers you one point of view. So you have to accept what the movie is telling you that everyone is telling the truth. I will say the amount of people that they have involved suggests that it is very likely the truth. However, he could manipulate her. That is possible. Yes. But here's, here's what I will say. This is why I picked this, especially after last week. Because last week, what I wanted from that movie was a guy winning his wife back and making her fall in love with him again. Me too. And essentially, that is what this movie gives you. It gives it to you in a problematic way, but it gives you this idea that someone loves another person so much that they are willing to truly fight every day to have them in their life. And that's what this movie gives you. It is not perfect by any stretch, but that is what it is versus last week. Flip side, but like really, you're just reliving the honeymoon phase of a new relationship every day. That's yeah. a valid argument because you would never have to go through some of the fights of a long-term relationship because she would never remember. She would never learn your habits that annoy the fuck out of her yeah, oh it it absolutely the longer you think about it the more it breaks down <laughs> yeah. the more the, if you just take it as he has to make her love him every day it's so sweet and you root for them so hard but then the more you think about it the more you're like wait a second how long did her labor take like yeah. think about yeah. that one <laughs> Well, she didn't fall asleep, so it didn't, like, clean slate her or whatever. Right, exactly, yeah. Nah, they just give her a bunch of meth, let her stay up all throughout that whole thing. Let me <laughs> say one thing, though. And, Paige, I loved this movie. Right? Please right, understand. Todd, you understand, I'm right? coming at it, but I'd watch this with you in Kansas City in a heartbeat. It made me so happy today. But if you insert one 15-second shot and change, like, the music in this, it becomes a horror movie. That one 15-second <laughs> shot is where he hides her quote-unquote diary that she writes every night yes he plants that in her like night side table you see him like making it and plant it yes and then it becomes a horror movie oh absolutely uh, this could very easily be a terrifying yes. horror movie you could write this as a horror movie it'd be amazing i was like shouldn't that doctor report this guy here's where i <laughs> yeah. land on this there will be people who have life-changing medical conditions who may not meet the person that they're meant to be with until after that condition happens and accommodations will have to be made and they have to kind of meet them where they are do i think there are implications with her condition and this movie Yes, and you would probably have to tackle those with her family and any number of things, and there would have to be safeguards in place, for sure. But I do think that we can't discount that people in different circumstances might still find love somehow. Sure, yeah. Also, this condition doesn't 
technically exists the I mean, way it is depicted in yeah. the film. So it's like, to me, like the way I'm able to get through a movie like this, that is like perfect for this podcast because it's like right. beautiful and bonkers and I love it. But like, you have to just be like, in the magical realism of this movie, Adam Sandler is not a dirtbag. Right. Her medical condition is real. Right. And her father is going to outlive her. <laughs> and then you're good. Like, you can just watch it and be happy to enjoy it, right? Which would be great, except the movie spends probably 20 minutes showing me that Adam Sandler is, in fact, a dirtbag. No, the beginning of this movie does it no favors. <laughs> I, I had completely <laughs> forgotten that part of this movie and started the movie today. I was like, wait a second. What? And then was like, oh, so his arc is that he goes for, from committing to no one to committing to someone who he could always leave, but instead he is choosing to stay. And that's his character arc. Or he's committed to someone who never gets past the first day of a relationship. <laughs> You're not wrong. The other thing to think about, and, and here's a question, because at a certain point in this movie, they're like, we don't see improvement. We don't think you're remembering. But then she clearly does. Do you think she is starting to get better? I mean, we no. show years later and she still needs the tape, so maybe exactly. not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I would have loved it if in that she wakes up scene, there's no tape and there's some indication that she remembers. That would have made me like so much happier with the way this movie ended. That would have been a great end. And like she wakes up, has the kid. She says his name or her name or whatever. Like she knows, you know. But yeah. people don't always get better. No. And sometimes no, you still true. love them. And you know what you can't do with those people? Have, have children with That's with not them. necessarily true, Mikey. Like, there are people who have families or whatever. So, like... If you have a major TBI... That's not... I, I mean, I know there would be like some the, debate, but A, also, her condition does not exist as described in the movie. So we know that that's not real. But, like, here's what I'm saying. There are people who are going to get hurt or be in some sort of accident or whatever... They may never get better and people will yeah. still love them. Oh, and yeah, so like absolutely. that's what I absolutely. like about the ending. I think we have to talk about it as if and I realize that th the type of brain injury she has is not real. We have to talk about this conversation and then we have to let it go. We have to let it go. Well, no, <laughs> what I'm saying is we have to talk about her injury as if it's like the way it is presented in the movie. Right. Even though that's not necessarily real. <laughs> Right. You know? And I do think the last shot of this movie made me feel yes. so uncomfortable. The, the last shot is is troubling. Yeah. I here's I would feel better if there was no baby on the boat. Right. Or that was that was a toddler, man. That baby walked up to her and hugged her. I know. Her. Because like she meets her kid every day. Right. <laughs> like that's it's heartbreaking. Wild. Yes, that would be even worse than a relationship. <sighs> I think they either have to have them together before she starts the condition. Where it's like, I will love her no matter what. Or she gets better. And if not, you have these weird consent issues. Yeah. I think if you take the ending shot off the end of the movie where they're not in Alaska, where it ends with them kissing and they're like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. I feel a lot better about Same. it. Same. Because for me, the tape with her entire family and everyone working to tell her the truth every morning. Yeah. I no longer have a consent issue if she knows the truth. Same. I think she's an adult who can choose. Same. But they have to be telling her ah, the truth. Yeah, that's exactly. the thing. Like, that's and, and so, so like, hard. So that's the oh. thing. Now, here's the thing. Like, if, if you can guarantee to me that in the morning... They tell her the truth and then they just let her choose how her day goes. I have no problem. Well, you could tell a broad truth without being like, we got into a big argument yesterday over 
where our kid goes to school. Yesterday, you agreed they're going to go to this middle school. And like, I mean, but that's where multiple people come in. That's why I think it has to be like her whole family and everybody. It has to be a village so that one person can't manipulate. It can't just be one. It's got to be everybody, which is what it is in this movie. Yeah, it is. Including her friends, not just her family. Outside people, too. But And her dad is on the boat at the end. Like, he went with them. I don't even think they'd let her drive. She probably shouldn't drive. Like, legitimately, <laughs> I like I can understand somebody making a case for not driving. I mean, her tags are expired. She legally should not be on the road, but that is not advice I should be able to give. Yeah. Because <laughs> I literally went over three years without renewing my tags. But here's the thing, though. If she's capable of driving and not hurting anyone, then why do we care? Like, if she's not going to hurt anybody, as depicted in the movie, she is not dangerous. Sure. I mean, the movie does show she's a very bad driver she wasn't driving in the accident her dad drove oh she almost killed that penguin bro oh yeah okay but like who put the penguin in the road Mikey? oh you mean the guy lying about how he knew her oh you mean the at that point in the movie sure but once they start the tape once they start the tape there he's not lying to her anymore that's the difference for me you name me a man (laughs) who doesn't lie to their significant other i mean ideally most shouldn't it's a bad idea we will find you out we're smart unless you lose all your memories when you go to sleep at night you know but here's the thing that's why you have everyone that's why it's the whole family but would this movie be worse if it was played in reverse in two minute clips <laughs> yeah, yeah, in two minute clips. <laughs> this is the first time i saw this movie i what? can't believe that you had never seen this todd this is wild to me yeah I have no memory of this movie, but as I said earlier, I loved it, Paige. This movie is the last of the classic Sandler movies, it I think. It really this is. When is. He, he starts yeah. dipping in quality. Well, he he starts both dipping in quality but then also doing phenomenal movies like with nothing in between. It's either uncut gems or like whatever that one he did in Africa was. Blended? Blended. No idea. <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love this movie. I'd watch it again. Yeah, right? In a heartbeat. I, I think for me, it's a testament to the chemistry he has with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That's the only way this movie works. Because if you made it somebody else say like, I don't know, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, uh, it suddenly is terrifying. <laughs> but Paige, this is sort of the same vibe of that movie. <laughs> a little bit. I was thinking about it, but like the difference is it doesn't kill her, I guess. Except Adam Sandler is no Chris Pine. Like when Adam Sandler says Chris Pratt, you mean? To Drew Barrymore, when she says, Are we like dating? And he's like, Yeah, I'm sorry I'm not more attractive. I was like, <laughs> I I've said that before. Like, I know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for me, this was missing what last week needed, which was more chemistry. Yeah. This has way more chemistry. And that montage multiple date feel of someone like actively trying to win this person back oh yeah like they have 50 first dates yeah it definitely reminded me of a time loop movie kind of yeah she's in a time loop she just doesn't know yeah this sort of (laughs) is is, they they said that their their inspiration was groundhog day i mean that Uh, checks out yeah mm -hmm. we haven't done that one yet have we we have not is that a rom-com um, I think we looked at it, it was technically a comedy. Like there is a love story in it, but it's not like the 
main thing? Yeah, I ma- I made the mistake of asking people to submit. Like I know, I saw some of those answers, and fuck. I was like, "What, guys? It can't just be anything." I always forget that, like, we've gotten to a point where we can't do that really because we get so many replies. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. one of the first ones was fifty first dates, and I was like, "Oh, we're about to record that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, a lot of them have been like that thing you do, do that thing you do. And I was like, I don't think that's uh, a rom com. One of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I love that even movie. I but... will say it is not really a romance. Yeah. But I mean, was Angus, Mikey? Yes. Disagree. I would argue that that thing you do actually has more romantic scenes in it, uh, but I would not call it a romance. Look, I had not watched Angus in like 22 years when we watched that movie. Well, that's also why I was like, I don't know if I want to do Dumplin' because I feel like Dumplin' is similar. Although the thing that I love about Dumplin' is that she's just got a hot boyfriend and whenever she's feeling bad about herself, he's like, I don't care. I like you. And I'm like, this is the kind of attitude we need. Yeah. Well, and that's the last movie I pulled a Todd on. I, I've been watching my movies before I picked them. <laughs> I had not seen this in probably 10 years <laughs> before watching it today. You look so hurt that I said that. Oh, pulling a Todd? <laughs> me? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't pull a Todd anymore. That's the last one. I mean, it did hurt, but only because it was like really accurate. Like, yeah, I <laughs> fucked up a bunch in that regard. Oh, yeah. Some people in the podcast never make you forget <laughs> maybe we should just go to this movie scene by scene 50 Hold times on, Todd, i might have a suggestion oh i've already got a pick oh okay then i think i might pick this for my next hell one. yeah all right i was gonna recommend the bodyguard and I... <laughs> yes. i've never seen it i have not either i'm just curious <laughs> My parents rented it, and I think I was in the room. I did not pay attention. I was playing Legos or something. That makes sense. I typed in my movie file, note to self, bodyguard. All right, so we open on a montage of women who are describing their Hawaiian vacations to their friends, and all of them are like, I met this hot guy. We got (laughs) drunk. He gave me a back rub, and then he told me some lie and ran away. Yeah, and it's like a bunch of women. And one guy, so like, That is true, yeah. Whatever. And it wasn't all like super hot, like what you would assume. No, it was women, like it know? ran the gamut. Yeah. It was clear he was taking all comers. You know what I'm saying, ladies? <laughs> all comers. <laughs> and we cut to present day where he is telling yet another woman a lie so he can leave. And he's telling her that he is a secret agent. Yeah. Uh, and oh. that he has to be in Peru. And so he gives dumb. her like a fake code. And then he jumps onto a sea dew as it passes by. And like just crushes his nuts. And it's just like a random guy. And he's like, keep driving. I will give you 20 bucks. And the guy's like, all All right. right. (laughs) And then just busts away from the beach. Here's the thought I had. I was like, was $20 worth a lot more back then? I would have been like, $20, get off my (laughs) sea-doo. Well, remember, this is 2004. So this is almost, this movie's almost 20 years old. Yeah, okay. So Mikey, I'm so glad you asked. If you care to know what $20 was in 2004 compared to today, it's... $31. $31. Well, hey, I'll give you $31 if you keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's $31.85. It's almost $32. Oh, oh almost $32. Mikey. Round it up. Yeah. I'd let him ride for $32, I think. Yeah. I'm so glad I have clean audio of Mikey saying, I'll let him ride, let him ride uh, for $32. A <laughs> lot of bears out there who really love that audio. Hey, sometimes I just listen to Thor Chopwood, you know? <laughs> like, audio really does it to people. Yeah. This episode brought to you by dipsy (laughs) so we cut to an aquarium where we find out that 
Adam Sandler's character, Henry Roth is his name, yeah. is essentially a, a, veter- a marine veterinarian, yeah, he's it a vet. would appear. Yeah. We cut to the aquarium where we reveal that he is a marine veterinarian for the aquarium. Yeah. And he's currently operating on Rob Schneider. Now, we need to talk about Rob Schneider for a little bit because Rob Schneider has a history of playing racially insensitive characters in a number of films. Huh, can you name one that we did tonight, the page? This one. Yeah. Uh, but there have also been many. Now, this is the one that he kind of pushes back on because he is part Filipino. And I'm like, that's not the same. It'd be great if this was in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, the, that is different. Uh, but also, this is a wildly offensive portrayal. <laughs> and so yeah. it's not great. It is not good. And it doesn't add much to the movie because it really pushes on that Adam Sandler as a dirtbag persona that does not help you later in the movie. No, that you actively hope he isn't because if he is, she's in Then danger. you're worried for her safety, yeah. yes. Even if he's 98% better, 2% of days are still going to go real bad for her. Yeah. I mean, but that's they go over that in the movie. They're like, sometimes she has a bad day, but... The more we tell her the truth, the fewer bad days she has because we get in front of it, basically. Yeah, we learn how to manipulate better as we go. Yeah, I get it. They're not. They're just (laughs) telling her the truth at that point. She lives in a Skinner box. They have set up the perfect trap. But that's what I'm saying. When they stop doing that and just tell her the truth, then it gets better. Yeah, so I think where I sort of lean into it being okay is because they're not the ones putting her in the trap. She was in a car accident that caused the brain issue. Yeah, yeah, They're just trying to make her days more comfortable for her, and it's not like... They're trying to make her life as good as possible and give her the best quality of life she can have. Yeah, so it's like a... I'm more okay with it, you know? But I'm not saying anything you're saying is wrong, Mikey. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's not. Anyway, <laughs> he's operating on Rob Schneider, who is doing a really offensive racist caricature. Yeah. Who has been bitten by a shark. Now, the one thing I do like about this character is his five adorable children. Yes. Uh, yeah. Those kids, first of all, are videotaping everything. Love that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, they seem to always be able to do activities in unison, <laughs> which I find fascinating. When they dove off and like all flipped into the water at the end, I was like, I know why these kids were hired and they nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nailed it. But this is basically the introduction to kind of this character and the family and the relationship between him and Adam Sandler. And basically, we we realize that he is living vicariously through Adam Sandler hooking up with all these women. He very much is like a dirtbag, yes. angry, married person who, honestly, I hope doesn't really exist in real life. I mean, I'm sure there are people like this just in, <sighs> in general in every race, color, and creed. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I- <laughs> there are many. Uh, unhappy married people. Sure. But I do think that his portrayal is not great. Yeah. On a lot of different levels. Yeah. It's bad. And it doesn't help the movie. So. No, I would say most movies are not helped by Rob Schneider being in them. Name me one movie that is helped and elevated by the inclusion of Rob Schneider. Well, next week we will be doing my favorite rom-com, Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. (laughs) So, no, I'm not picking that. We're going to have to do it at some point, I think. Maybe. I don't is know. Is it a rom-com? I don't know. I don't think I have. It has been years. This movie reminded me that like this type of Adam Sandler humor and a little bit more childish than this was like what I grew up on. Like 
Happy yeah. Gilmore, like that kind of humor, right? Right. That is, I, I was like, oh, this movie doesn't take me back to like high school because I didn't see it when it was out. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the tricky part about these movies. And I feel the same way about Wedding Singer, too. Yeah. Because there are parts of Wedding Singer that don't age well. But somehow in both Wedding Singer and this, he manages to capture this kind of lightning in a bottle chemistry with him and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That is the thing that makes the movie work. Absolutely. And Wedding Singer really works. Like we've done Wedding that episode. Singer like really I love works. that movie. Yeah. Yes. And and for me, I love this one too. And so it's like. I did too, Paige. There are things that I feel like you could absolutely cut out of it that I would call your Adam Sandler isms, if yeah. you want to think of it that way. And those still exist in the more modern films to varying degrees but like the core of the story that you would leave without them would still work yeah. like Wedding Singer and so it yeah. makes me wish I could just go through this with like an editing hand and just kind of like <laughs> like cut out Rob Schneider or like you could have been there on the day and been like hey if she can't remember do you think she should be able to consent to having a child like I, I honestly don't know where I would come down on that issue like I have no idea but the end of this movie made me very uncomfortable I feel like you could cut that last scene and the movie doesn't suffer at all. Yeah, me either. It was just such a wild swing. But this movie is only like 94 minutes long. I I remembered it being longer. There is no fat on the bone in no. this movie. This movie motors along. Yeah, it moves quick, which I love about it, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I like the movie. It is a charming movie. It's yeah. just once you start digging into it. I know. You got it's a house like, of once cards. Once you start thinking about it, you're like, no. But that's why it's perfect for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm like, so what's the, how did they legally commit her to a brain institute against her will, but they can get married? She didn't. She chose to go live at the institute. She chose that day. She chose that day. That's true. Like, <laughs> but then she stays. <laughs> but it does, it does say that she still has the tape. Yeah. So, like, I would assume that she wakes up every day at the Institute and still watches the tape. But it's a new tape that doesn't have him in it that explains why she's at the Institute. Right. Which I would assume she could leave at any time because she chose to go. I don't know. I don't know that. either. That's not always the case. But, I mean, we never know because. And, and, and here's the thing. She said she wanted to live there so she wouldn't be a burden on other people. Right. But that doesn't mean. So she's not, like, required to be there. Well, who's paying for it? So she she had to go to get disability. And we're, I mean, like. <laughs> I could tell what Mikey does for a living because of what he just asked. No, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Like, I get it. But I also, like, like she's not a danger to herself or others so like i don't think they could keep her there if she wanted to leave one day i don't know either i, I honestly have no idea Paige. you may absolutely be i mean right. the movie i think didn't think about that that me much. either i think they put the minimal amount of effort into the script they could but honestly because of the chemistry between the two stars like it just works and i don't love yeah. that it works on me but it works which is so bizarre they could have just made a movie that was like like wedding singer but in hawaii and it would have been great that's forgetting sarah marshall which i also love that's my go-to which a lot of people did suggest to me when i asked what we should do that is one of my favorite rom-coms of all time i i love that movie but that is essentially wedding singer in hawaii <laughs> right so anyway he's a vet he sews up rob schneider and then we cut to him working with one of his other employees at the aquarium uh, with one of the walruses that is sick. This is not great. This is Alexa. And Alexa seems to identify as as a woman. That That is what Alexa introduces themselves as. But the movie plays fast and loose 
and really misgenders across the spectrum with that character. Yeah. And it's not great. That's another thing I would just cut out of the movie because it doesn't help anything. Like, it's definitely played as a joke because this movie is 20 years old. Uh, yeah. But also, it doesn't add anything to it. And I feel like there's also deleted scenes that I remember seeing that had more of it. So they cut some of it out and did, just didn't cut all of it. That's another one that, like, if you're watching this today, it's unfortunate. The way that that character read to me is that she was actually, like, a big Swedish, like, lady, and they were just assholes to her. I believe she is. Well, the actress who plays that role is is a a cisgender woman. I believe the character is a cisgender woman that they are just cruel to. Yeah, That's what I think it is, that they're just cruel. I mean, the movie shows, it tells us. She stole his roast beef sandwich. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that definitely feels 99. Yeah. And like yeah. that sort of humor has all died away pretty much. Yeah. Thankfully. And it, it, it's just not funny. Those, like, those jokes don't make it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. And, and I think this is one of those things where like, I wish it wasn't in the movie because I like the rest of the movie so much. Yes. This is one of those things I'd cut. Absolutely. Uh, and had totally, completely blocked out before watching it today and was like, oh, no. Yeah. Can I say this about that actor's performance, though? Yes. She fucking crushes it, man. Yes. She commits to it. Like, because she runs in to be like, hey, Adam Sandler's character, Henry, whatever. I'm just going to call him Adam Sandler the whole time. Yeah. Adam Sandler's character, the walrus is sick. Right. And like, we got to go out there. And then we see them both running out there. And she is like overextending her arms. Like, she is giving <laughs> everything she can in this performance. And I was here for it, man. You could have easily, from a script writing standpoint, just made her a funny giant Swedish lady. Yeah. And just yes. had her be weird. And that would have been equally as funny, if not funnier. Yeah. But in the 90s, you punched down towards. Well, yeah, and this is 2004, so. Yeah, but that's why I felt it was very, like, because this feels like the stuff that was funny, quote-unquote, in high school, which was, like, what Mikey was just saying, punching down sort of stuff. I mean, you guys remember what it was like. I do, but, like, how much funnier would this be? Because now, in watching this movie now, almost every scene she is in, I'm cringing because of how they're talking about her. Mm -hmm. But, like, on the flip side, if it had just been, like, every time she's giving advice or saying anything, it's some weird thing from whatever fake country she's from and it's just strange and it's fish out of water yeah that holds up and it's funnier as opposed to something that we watch now and we're just like oh oof, no oof. like yeah yikes i just had to focus on how much that actress was like giving in that performance because every so scene much. she's in she is doing the most yeah, yeah. but the movie treats the walruses with more respect which I is know. Like a yes. different yeah <laughs> i know it's terrible mikey It is terrible, yeah. And the walrus ends up barfing on her, which is aggressively gross. Also something I didn't need in this movie. Todd, did it make you gag? It did make me gag. And what I was more mad about, Paige, it is revealed that they set that up, Adam Sandler and the walrus. Yeah. Like, that was a prank they wanted to pull on her. We cannot glance over the fact that this movie tells us that Adam Sandler is like Dr. Doolittle with his animals. Yes, because he can, like, talk to animals. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but here's... 
this is a perfect example because she gets thrown up on. And then her next line is, this is why I got into this business to help animals. And it's one of the funniest lines she has in the movie. <laughs> She's and crushing it, did, it, man. And it doesn't misgender her at all. No. It doesn't do anything. It's just the way she delivers that line of to help animals. And you're just like, yes. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Why can't all of this be that? But, ugh. Anyway, yeah. we cut to him on his boat and he has this little voiceover of like Captain's Log. And this is where he introduces the idea of he's test sailing it around the island of Oahu because he wants to sail to Alaska to study walruses. Yeah. And as he's doing it, part of like the mast of his boat falls down. And the boat looks like shit. It looks like it's it a looks 1700s terrible. pirate vessel. Like it just is not in great shape. When we see it at the very end, they have definitely really made it nicer, yeah, but it yes. looks great at the end, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, it's supposed to be like this project he's working on throughout the movie and like yes. it's a plot point that it looks so bad now. Correct. Yeah. So, he takes like one of the little life rafts to shore where he goes to this cafe while he waits for the Coast Guard to tow his boat. And I've been to Hawaii a number of times. Man, this made me miss it. Where I was like, man, I want Spam and Eggs so bad. <laughs> like, that sounds so good. <laughs> it's delicious. I mean, I never had it. I, I don't like Spam. Uh, so you don't like Spam? I, I really don't like Spam, Spam no. and Eggs, man. Spam sandwich, fried Spam. Forever. Spam omelet. It's just ham, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just not my favorite. I mean, I'll eat it. Like, if someone's making it, I'll eat it. Whatever. I, huh? I get it, though. Paige, he, if he opens a can, he's got to eat the whole can, and that's a lot of food for little Toddy. I was actually just thinking about that because I was... Cause I don't want to waste three-fourths of this can. <laughs> three-fourths of a can. Because, like, watching this today, I was like, man, I fucking... I want some Spam and eggs. And I was like, I could go get Spam. I could... I have eggs. I could make this happen. And then I was like, but it's just Jake and I. And, like, how much Spam could we eat? And, you know, maybe... They sell them in singles now. A few years ago at work, we found out that a bunch of people had never had spam. And, right. you know, spam is something you can cook on a campfire a lot. That, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stan, this older guy that we work with, he's not that much older, but he's like this dad to everybody. He's a great guy. He's like, let's just have a spam cook off. And he's like, so what? he like, everybody, we just brought yes. a spam and like Stan's like, I'll fry it up for everybody. So we just fried spam for everybody. This was a, a number of years back. And everybody got to try it. And it was a super fun day at work. Oh, I one time in youth group, we made statues out of spam, a.k.a. spatues. Uh, but we didn't eat it after because everyone had touched it. Yeah. So, Todd, if you're not a spam and eggs gentleman, are you then a loco moco gentleman? I don't even know what that is. It's it's a pile of rice with two hamburger patties on it. Yeah. And then a fried egg. Yeah. And then gravy, brown gravy specifically. I would let a loco moco kill me slowly every day for the rest of my <laughs> right? life. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of the best parts of Hawaii is just like mixed plate on the side of the road where they're, you're just like, it's barbecued meats and poi and rice Let's go. and macaroni salad for some reason and just eat it. Don't ask questions and eat it. It's minion. <laughs> hey, as long as it's rare. I edited the funniest eight minutes of the last. RTP episode <laughs> and it was all about minions. Paige, at one point during the minion talk, you said if one of my boobs falls out of this one piece thing, it's y'all's fault. <laughs> and I left it in. <laughs> It would have been y'all's fault. <laughs> I want people to know out there that 
Mikey and I are so funny, tits be popping out sometimes. Tits be popping. <laughs> I try to find a dumb joke and make it like 10 times dumber to get Paige to laugh. Yeah, it's your superpower. <laughs> At one point, I just lost my mind because you started referring to every kind of meat as mignon. Yeah. And you just meant minion as if we were going to slice up slices of minion and fry it up like spam and eggs. Paige, I think for two minutes of that eight minutes I edited today, you're laughing, barely breathing for two minutes solid. I lost my mind yeah. at one point. Anyway, back to this wonderful cafe that I would <laughs> kill to visit. This Absolutely. sounds so amazing. Also, and they, they don't show it, but a lot of times you can get like macadamia nut waffles or banana nut waffles, and they're just amazing. Ooh. Hawaii's great, guys. I mean, be respectful. Don't litter and over tour and whatever, but like so good. Yeah. Anyway, so he sits down and he's like, I just want coffee because I'm, I'm waiting for this thing. And the owner, Sue, is like, no, did you eat? And he's like, I had like peanut butter cups. And she's like, that's not food. We're getting you spam and eggs. Like, what are yeah. you doing? But it's clear they have like a relationship. Like she knows who he is, yeah. you know, like. He's a local. Obviously, she's local. She owns the joint. So, like, right. they know each other. Well, I think that they don't know each other well, but there's this, like, you're a local, I'm a local, whatever. Right. Uh, and then Nick, who is the cook, my fit, like, this is something that my dad and I will still occasionally say to each other when we go out to diners, where he'll just be like, hey, peanut butter cups. You want for me to put peanut butter cups in your eggs? And it sounds gross. But now every once in a while, just like, you want peanut butter cups in your eggs? <laughs> it's not a good thing. It doesn't go with eggs. Spam does, though. Spam goes real well. Uh, so he's sitting there eating and he sees Drew Barrymore sitting at a table reading. Uh, and Sue comes and gives her coffee. She compliments her haircut. We'll find out that this is something that they do all the time. Yeah. And she gets a plate of waffles that she then builds into a waffle structure. One of my favorite things in this movie is that the structure changes every day. So like, even though she's reliving the same day, she creates a new waffle structure every day. She paints a different painting every day. Just like a time loop movie. Kind of, because I mean, well, but she doesn't know she's in one, though. That's the difference. Just like Annie McDowell doesn't know that she's in Groundhog Day, I guess. Exactly. Can I just say this really quick before anyone, like, comes after me? If I had known that this movie featured a, like, meat cute that was waffle architecturally based, like, yes. I would have watched this while researching the Abraham Lincoln. Like, this right? could have inspired that way earlier. With the toothpick so that you yeah. have a hinge yeah. for the no, door? I love that. Although this, the Abraham Lincoln doesn't have waffles. It is literally sausage links making up a log right. cabin. So, like, yeah, it's low right. carb. It's paleo. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it actually had a bacon door, but we don't have to get into it. It's fine. But when I saw her building stuff with her food, I was like, this woman is everything I ever thought I needed. Yeah. Yeah. She's not me. great. Because you know what I do with food? I eat it. I mean, I she would eat too. it too. Yeah. Like the eggs Abraham Lincoln will fuck you up. It's great. I like my food warm. <laughs> I thought there was something coming after that. No, so like, it's I not. Leaving I don't have twenty it, minutes to Mikey build a was home. Like, I like food warm and of sentence. Are we gonna go down a <laughs> rabbit hole again about how vegans fart cold? Because like I can't. Vegans do fart cold. They don't. They don't, Mikey. If I die, I want to be remembered by on my tombstone. <laughs> There's vegans fart cold. Uh huh. That's my legacy. <laughs> How frightening would that be? Is They're that you're only just, like, eating frozen vegetables, Paige. That's why. You know who doesn't fart cold? People who eat mignon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I hate everything about it, Paige. <laughs> I I don't like it. Aggressively dumb is a way to describe me that I enjoy. Wait, you don't know that minions are actually meat? Didn't we didn't we say that they were like part banana? No. Um I think the official statement was they were mainly made of animation. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you read something that was like, wait, they reproduce sexually? It was like <laughs> <laughs> We can't rehash the best parts of last episode, right? There's no official minion sources, okay? Yeah. Like we can't speculate as to what Positions are easier for minions with their shaped bodies to get into. Where is their genitalia? <laughs> it's under their goggles. The we eye got goggles. To, <laughs> we've uh. got to move on to when Drew Barrymore and her dad are driving a car, and that minion comes into the road, and they get into a car wreck. <laughs> oh God! Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> I just got the your environment is too loud alert <laughs> on my watch. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, so he he stares at Drew Barrymore, but he doesn't really do anything about it. But he goes and tells Rob Schneider about la- about it later, where he's like, "She was really cute. I think she was local, but like I was having a bad day. I was off my game, you know." Whatever. Well, and also he's like, I don't know if I want to get involved with a local girl because I don't want to settle down with anybody. Like, I'm leaving. It's just better for me if I, you know, have sex with the tourists who come in for a week or a week or two or whatever. Right. And we cut to he's at work with Alexa and they're looking at this pregnant seal. And this scene is is another one where like it it kind of starts out funny and then for some reason they take the lowest common denominator joke that's just terrible yeah. but like this could have been a very funny conversation of just two coworkers having an awkward like talk about how they handle relationships and instead he misgenders her like directly to her face and stuff it's real kind of fucked up it's stupid man but she in this scene is doing a great job like she's giving she is when well, she does offer to be his friend's w- friend with benefits uh because she's she's like i'm not as limber as i once was but i make up for it uh with like enthusiasm and willingness to experiment which is a hilarious thing for anyone to say yeah. you could have just left it at that and then he doesn't take her up on that offer that would have been funny. Yeah, you could just change his dialogue to not make him an asshole. And yes. like, <laughs> it would be great. Right. It's really funny. Anyway, he goes back to the cafe and sees that Drew Barrymore is there again. So he sits in the booth next to hers facing her so he can kind of watch her have breakfast. Yeah, and they're both alone. So it's like they're on one side of the booths and there's no one sitting across from them. So they could look up and make eye contact easily. Yeah. Yeah. Nick comes up and he's like, hey, peanut butter cups. I'll get you your spam and and eggs, which that's the best way to earn a nickname is for someone to just bestow it upon you and never stop calling you that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think the best way to get a nickname also, Paige, is when someone who's three times your size calls you something and then refuses to not call you that thing for a long, (laughs) long time. I love it. Are you talking about me? No. I imagine you were the person making fun, like, giving people names in high school since you're like BullyBot 2.0. First off, I was not that cool in high school. I wish I could have bullied people. That is, 
I got a nickname in college that is now branding for my like comedy stuff. Is it Wesley? <laughs> no, uh, no, Rampage. <laughs> I got the nickname Rampage in college, and that's when I created my Instagram. Well, I mean, and now you're literally paid to be mean to people on stage to their <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah, it worked as out pretty well. Yeah, you came by it naturally. <laughs> well, thank you. Anyway, so he gets up. He sees that she's making a waffle, like a bungalow cabin yeah it was sort of cabinish yeah and he uses a toothpick she's like trying to put a door in and he uses a toothpick so that the door works on a hinge and she's just like why didn't i think of that like thank you she's like this is why women can't be architects right no <laughs> so i was just channeling my inner mikey since he's doing an ama on his phone right now <laughs> are you no yes have you looked at any of the recent ones that you got mikey did you do all of them no because there's a lot of no i did one of them mikey oh. <laughs> i know that's what yeah. happened to my inbox when i asked for suggestions i was like oh shit more people listen to this than i realize i think <laughs> anyway they have a lovely day together and they're kind of sitting and talking his hands smell like fish because he's been feeding all the animals and she's like, well, my dad's a fisherman, so I actually find that, you know, smell really comforting. She's super into it, man. She, like, really yeah. sniffs his hands. Like, almost as if if they were in a car, she would have rolled the windows up. Like, that sort of, like, <laughs> into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like his hands farted, and she was like, I gotta lock in the flavor. Yeah. I just wish she would have wore her seatbelt while she was in that car. <laughs> she did. It's just that the car hit on her side. No, I think Mikey means... After the accident when she's just driving to breakfast. Oh. But Mikey, she can't remember that she has been personally affected by not wearing her seatbelt. It's like a catch-22. Like, mm -hmm. I always wear my seatbelt no matter where I am in the car. I could be sitting still and I'm wearing my seatbelt. Yeah, always, always. But, like, I was also in, like, a tragic accident that I can remember. She can't. So. Yeah. She's more careless. Anyway, he tells her the joke about walrus sticks, how it's the second biggest mammal. And I expected after that the, for him to be like, I'm the first, which Dan Aykroyd does later. Hilarious. Instead, she's like, what's the first? And he's like, I think it's that guy who's the cook. Who he calls Tattoo Face because he has he the calls tattoo face, Maori which tattoos. Is, yeah. Right. But his name is Nick. Yeah. Yeah. And he I think this may be the earliest movie I've seen him in. But he's done stuff after this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but so they're having a good time. Now, the owner, Sue, is kind of suspicious. Uh, and she's like, hey, we're resetting for lunch. Can you guys go? And she's like, I am so sorry, Sue. Yes, let's go. Yeah. So they go outside. They agree to have l breakfast the next day because she has plans that day for her dad's birthday. Uh, and they each go to their respective cars and there's a van in between them. The van pulls out and we see both of them like dancing next to their cars. That's so, like, oh, so, so cute. It's so cute. Paige, I it's loved so it. It's so cute. Because they're like, they're both excited that they've met someone and made a connection. And then they're like, okay, like, you know, they catch each other doing it. And they're like, all right, bye. I'll see you tomorrow. So he goes golfing with Rob Schneider and his kids. Now, fun fact, both Rob Schneider and all five of the kids do the Happy Gilmore swing. Yes. Like exactly, which is pretty fun. Well, and then he makes fun of it. He's like, that's the most ridiculous swing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he basically tells Adam Sandler, he's like, I met this other you know, like tax attorney lady, like you should come see her. And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I kind of like this girl. And he hits his ball off the green onto the beach. He goes down to find it. And 
he has essentially like a daydream, a hallucination that Drew Barrymore is there. Technically a concussion, probably. Concussion, like he, yeah. yeah. He wakes up on the green because he hit his ball and it came back and hit him in the head. Yeah. So we cut to he goes out on that date with uh, Missy Pyle who is playing a tax attorney. And she is drinking this giant fishbowl of a drink. And she's like, ooh, I'm having extra fun. I think I feel a little drunk. And he basically is like, actually, no, there's no alcohol in these drinks. But I like I use this so that people think they're drunk. They let their inhibitions down. But like, I don't really want to sleep with you. I'm kind of into this other girl. But like, you know, hang out, meet somebody else. And he kind of pushes her Alexa's way. Yeah. And yet again, there's a joke about Alexa's gender, which is unfortunate. But yeah. We cut to the next day. He shows up for breakfast and he walks over and is just like, my hands smell extra fishy today. I was petting my walrus. And she just says, okay, pervert, I think you should leave. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the first time you'd ever like yes. heard someone talk to you. Like what? Yeah, I would assume he was talking about jerking off as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're about to escort him from the restaurant. But Sue, the owner of the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and Nick are like, oh, wait, he doesn't know. So they kind of pull him aside and they're like, look, dude, here's what you need to know. About a year ago, she was in a car accident. She and her dad went to go pick a pineapple. That's why she says that every day, because yeah. that's what she remembers she did that day. Mm -hmm. And there was a cow in the middle of the road. Her dad swerved and the passenger side of the car that she was in hit a tree and she was in the hospital for like three months. So she has a serious head injury and she has no short term memory, only long term memory. So she remembers everything up until that night before the accident. And then she relives that day every day. She yeah. has no idea that it's more than a year later. And he's like, but she reads the newspaper every morning. And she's like, we give her a fake one. She does the same thing every day. It, when they revealed that he printed up like a hundred of the same newspaper, I was like, yes. how do you even do that? You just like call the paper and be like, hey, can I get a thousand copies of that date? I bet he actually probably asked for unsold copies and just took whatever their leftovers were. And I think they recycle it for a bit. You know, because she usually brings the paper home, so... And this is 20 years ago where, like, newspapers were much more prevalent. Yeah, you could not do this today with a smartphone, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't fake it. But anyway, so she drives home and arrives home to find that her dad already has a, a pineapple. And she's like, oh, what about our tradition? And he's like, well, we'll do it next year or Thanksgiving or whatever. And he's like, in the meantime, I painted my workshop, but it's too white. I need you to paint it. Yeah. So she goes, she paints the workshop. She's having a good time. He and Sean Astin, her brother, Samwise. I kept referring to him as in my notes as Bizarro Blaine. <laughs> you mean oh, our friend Blaine? Yes, our I friend think that'd be Blaine. very hurtful to our friend oh, Blaine. I love this. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't believe our friend uses steroids. I have well, never that's why heard that Bizarro he has. Blaine. Yeah. That's what I mean. I have seen him eat a Chipotle bowl lightning fast, like faster than I thought any human could eat. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that protein in. Gotta fuel those gains. All the fuel. <laughs> no, like Blaine is like the result of doing it the right way. Right. And this is the bizarro version of that, like trying to do it in a way that's oh, like. Oh, this is evil Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarro, like Superman's. Biz never mind. Okay. I thought you guys knew comics. Okay. No, we mind. got okay. it. We got it. Anyway, so her brother and her dad make dinner. They put in a tape of the Vikings game from that day. Yeah. 
And she comes in to finish, watch the end of the game with them. And she's like, I bet they're going to win. And her brother, this is where Samwise kind of fucks with her, where he's like, I bet that he, you know, runs it into the end zone, does this thing. And like at the last second, she's like, all right, loser does the dishes. Uh, Because he, of course, has seen this game dozens of times before. Yeah. (laughs) So this part of the movie made me super sad when you start to unpack it. This is super sad when you unpack it. Because their lives are literally just to replicate hers every yes. day. Yeah. I was just like, they can't move on either to another day. And then like. But that's uh, why I like the video. Like that's when when the change happens to the tape. I think it is better for everyone. I, I do too. I uh, 100% agree. Yeah. It's just then you go a little too far the other way. That's why I wish they were like together and then the accident happened. Yeah. I mean, but life's not always perfect. Oh, I know. But you can't kidnap a t- head injury patient and take them <laughs> I don't think he's kidnapped. I mean, okay, cut the Alaska part. The Alaska part is troubling. Yeah. But up until then, I don't think he's kidnapping her. I think she has a choice every day. And also, Paige, her dad is there with them in Alaska. So, like, I think he should go to jail, too, for kidnapping. Like, uh-huh, I don't uh-huh, think it's uh-huh. just Adam Sandler I'm, who's yeah. responsible. I have gone on record as saying, I think the last Alaska scene should probably be cut from the film. Like, I, okay. I, I won't bring it up anymore. I'm just very sad of how many man hours they put in a day of making her relive the same day over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, well, instead of confronting the truth, because it's hard for her to understand, but it's like, we'll get to it when when we get to it. But so they basically, they redo his birthday every day. Uh, He opens the same present every day, which is the sixth sense, which, of course, she is surprised by the ending every time, which that is the one bonus of reliving like any movie you (laughs) haven't seen. You can watch it a million times. Like, all, all the endings are new. Well, as the great Channing Tatum once said, it's like rereading your novel for the first time. Yes. And then he only read the first page of that novel and then closed the novel and yelled at it, why don't you love me? <laughs> he only <laughs> took her on one date, Mikey. Yeah. Insane. I get it. If I really like someone, you always drop the I love you at the end of the first date. <laughs> anyway, she goes to sleep and then we watch as they basically reset everything. They repaint the studio, although they do take pictures of all of her paintings. So they have a record of it. They set out the newspaper, they get a new pineapple, they rewrap the sixth sense, they do all of this. They refill her shampoo, they wash her clothes. They basically live their lives to make her day pleasant. Did you say they repaint his office, like his yeah, garage? Yeah, the workshop like, every day. That's so sad. Like, it's just the amount of like yeah. money that the paint would cost. <laughs> I just mean the time and like effort that goes into it. But yeah, no, you're right. I was like, did they buy wrapping paper in bulk so that they could rewrap that present? With the same wrapping paper. Why wouldn't you put a new movie in there every day? Because she bought the gift. She knows what it is. They're trapped by her great gift. Well, and they, they also, that's why they repaint the studio because- she would know. So like if she got up the next day and there was a painting there, she'd be like, where did this come from? I honestly feel like the why don't you paint the studio is, and it's fortunate that she doesn't have to go to work that day because it's a Sunday. Right. But it's there. Let's keep her busy while the day sort of goes and that gives us time to do other things, right? Right. Because for them, it might be Sunday, but it might be literally every other day of the week and they have lives and stuff that they can Mm -hmm. try and need to try and live too. Right. So we cut to 
the next day, he's basically talking it through with Rob Schneider, who's like, um, it sounds like she's the perfect girl for you. And this is where they're like watering the plants on his boat. Yeah. Because like you could leave like her plane leaves every night, essentially. And this is where Adam Sandler's like, yeah, but that's evil. She has brain damage. <laughs> like, this is not good. And Mikey was like, yeah, just say that again until you stop writing the script, Adam. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> brain damage, it's evil if you're going to then just use her to abandon her. But that yeah. is not what he does. I mean, that is true. Anyway, so... They think they've repaired the boat, but he falls through the floor to stitches reopen. But basically he comes down to like, even though I know this, I still like spending time with her and I would do anything to spend more time with her. Yeah. So we cut to the cafe and he shows up and Nick is like, hey, uh, I'm supposed to kill you with the cleaver if you come back. And he's like, "Okay, but (laughs) 20 bucks, I can get her to have breakfast with me again. And hey, if I lose, it doesn't matter. It's one day. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So he tries the toothpick thing like he did last time and she instead of being like oh thank you is like oh so you just put your hands all over someone else's food disgusting <laughs> love it i love this montage of her just being like fuck all the way off every day like shutting him down every day yeah it's very i think it's funny. hysterical yeah. but he eventually over the course of a bunch of days learns how to manipulate this woman into <laughs> falling in love with him which i think is what we both like about this movie i don't think he does because he <laughs> Feels, and he wins on accident the one day because like he wins on accident the first day really yeah he wins on accident the first yeah. day she pretends that she can't speak english she just shuts him down multiple times until one day he pretends that he can't read and he's like crying and she comes over and she's like, okay, I'll teach you some words. And they have this whole breakfast where he's like pretending to learn how to read. But my favorite part about it is that they leave and she's just like, so I had to listen to you pretend to not know how to read and you're not even going to ask me out. Yeah. And that I love that she is more with it than anyone gives yes. her credit for. I did like that. I think that makes it sadder for him. Like she, they do connect so well, but she doesn't remember. Yeah. But I do think he learns that she does give him attention when he she has to rescue him in some way. And that is kind of a learned manipulation. I well, And I think he, he kind of manipulates that. But I think what he'll find out later is that if they just tell her the truth, she is willing to give him a chance and they do have chemistry. They absolutely do have chemistry. That is undeniable. Yeah, because he even tells her, she's like, do I like you? And he says, some days, like he is honest with her. Yeah, <laughs> some know? days you like me, some days you don't. Some days you put out, some days you don't. So. Some days don't. Well, they hadn't at that point, but. That is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. (laughs) I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's we're going to table that. (laughs) But on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh, my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for Factor Meal All from Answer the Pod Heck yeah. We're gonna table it Delicious Already fresh Made meals Never frozen It takes two minutes to warm up Just like Mikey does I have a busy schedule I work all day I have fun too much I also work at night I also have too much fun And I <laughs> I have a problem with Words Yeah Words is one Uh, Ordering out is another one Same I ordered out tonight Yes I literally got Let's just say a factor equivalent meal For Natalie and I And it was like $48 When it could have been Way less with factor 
Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. In fact, there comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re- ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor Meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor, except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the end of the ad. (laughs) I'm I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So she is like, yeah, okay, fuck you. And so she drives off. He drives after her to apologize and pulls up at her house, which is a wild overreaction. He should not have followed her to the house. No, that's stalkerish type behavior in this movie <laughs> yes. we love. In any movie, we love it. In any Everybody movie stalks in romantic comedies. That is true. Samwise and her dad are like, hey, uh, we know about you. The diner called us. Get the fuck away. Because like every night with her is a one night stand. Like whatever man would want to invest in this, we have concerns. Yeah, I like the way he worded that. Yeah. So <laughs> he leaves. He goes to work and he and Alexa are talking and he's like, I promised that I would stay away from the cafe, but I want to see this girl again. I like her a lot. And this is where Alexa's like, did not understand you. Please try again. <laughs> no, like skirt the rules. Yeah. Essentially. Like, so you said you wouldn't go to the cafe anymore. Right. So don't go to the cafe anymore. Find another place to stalk this woman. And he does. Right. <laughs> so he <laughs> drives down the coast and it's along the side of the road where he like pretends his car is broken down. He sets like a road like block he tries the penguin thing that doesn't work and i love that this movie has a penguin sidekick for adam sandler i love that penguin it was great but very cute don't kill a penguin no my favorite one is the last one where he gets rob schneider to beat him up and then she gets out with a bat and just like chases him down yeah and he (laughs) i just love that he calls back to her he's just like Fuck you, bitch. And she just goes, keep running. And it's just, oh, it's beautiful delivery by Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Her transition from the yelling of keep running to like being very fun and flirtatious back to Adam Sandler immediately had like mom yelling at kids, then the phone ringing kind of energy that I just lived on growing up. So I loved it. Or if you date single moms. Keep on running, and then they come back to flirting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mikey knows the trick. Uh, But we cut to the next day where he pretends to be tied up in the back of the car, and a car pulls up, and it's her dad and brother, and they're just like, hey, dumbass, 
Like, we know what you're doing. Come by the house, basically. Like, let's talk. Because clearly, you know, you didn't get the message before. Yeah. But what he doesn't know that they have found out is that she only sings on days when she meets him. And so clearly it makes her day happier, whatever yeah. that day may be. Because even though he's kind of like manipulating so they meet they only meet for that few minutes and talk for a little bit and then it's over. You know, it doesn't extend beyond that day. Yeah. And they basically are like, what is in this for you? Cause you're spending all your time just to talk to her for a few minutes. And he's like, she's great. Who wouldn't want to spend an hour a day with that? Like with her. Yeah. Nice deflection sociopath. Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I will remind you, you're under oath, sir. You were under oath. <laughs> Mikey, I'm sorry. I didn't see you taking a drink when I was inadvertently being hilarious. Sorry. But he, he asks what I think is a very important question where he says, what's going to happen over time? Because you guys can't pretend that the same day is going on forever. Yeah. And her dad is like, I worry about that every day. Yeah. Like, that is something I worry about. I don't say that was like, what if in 10 years she's like on a boat in Alaska with a daughter? What then? And he's like, yeah, God willing, that'll never happen. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> but essentially what they agree to is that he can continue to meet her. Yes. Just not mess up her day like do not hurt her like because she will not remember basically yeah so he goes to the cafe the next day he sits down with her and she's like oh i have a boyfriend he's like oh you're making up a boyfriend to get rid of me and as they're having this conversation she looks outside and a police officer is writing her a ticket for expired tags yeah and she's like my tags don't expire for months and he's like, no, it's the wrong year and the newspapers are wrong. So she basically realizes the jig is up. It's the end of the Truman Show. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. But she immediately drives home. Like she goes immediately home. Oh, yeah. And I love the way they do this because they show a lot without telling you in dialogue. But like yeah. you see her driving up the driveway, like honking her horn and her dad walks from the kitchen to like the door and he yells to Sean Aston, hey, it's a bad day. Like he knows what that means. Yeah. Sue called them from the cafe to warn them, too. So yeah. like everyone now knows what they have to do and the ruse can't continue. Yeah. Now we have to tell her. And and Adam Sandler kind of follows her home that day. Yeah. But they basically show her all the stuff. She runs down the dock and screams. That scene always makes me cry. This part made me cry too, Paige. Like it was so, so sad. So hard. And I mean, traumatic brain injury is so awful. And it's such yeah. an awful, tragic thing. And this case is more dramatic because she can't remember things. But like it can change your personality. It can yeah. change your functioning. And it's just, it's, you know, mental health can be the same way. Where it's just like stuff when your mind just turns against you. And it's just so tragic that, that people yeah. struggle. And, and people don't want that to happen. It just makes, that stuff makes me sad. Which I guess is another reason I don't like this movie. I'm like, too close, too close to work. Yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> get, I guess for me, I feel better about it because I think she ends up happier overall. She ends up the same amount of happy every day. I don't think so. I think knowing gives her choices and she ends up happier. So I have a whole theory about this movie that makes me okay with it, but it is very much based in like nothing that's on the screen. I mean, I do <laughs> okay. think there are some sort of <laughs> nods to it, but I think that 
What we learn about Drew Barrymore's diagnosis is that her long-term memory is intact, but her short-term memory is fucked up. She can't, like, make new memories or whatever. Right. And I think that he has been around her so long, and her short-term memory is not necessarily that. It's not all gone. It's, like, 98% gone. So, like, some of him has seeped through into her long-term memory, if that makes sense. And that's why she sees his face to, like, do the paintings and stuff when she's at the Institute. Oddly enough, which the Institute actually ties this movie to being in the same universe as Tommy Boy. Yeah, it's in the Tommy Boy universe. I lost my mind when I heard Dan Aykroyd talking about that. I was like, wait, is Dan Aykroyd like Dan Aykroyd from the Tommy Boy's character, like Bacter twin? Just They're like, somehow vacation related. To, like, yeah. yeah. So like, anyway, whatever. We can talk about that when we get there. But like, I thought that like she was not slowly getting better, but like her mind had sort of found a way to work him into it. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, she's having the bad day. I yeah. feel like that, that performance performance from drew barrymore on the dock is like way better than this movie even deserves and i love this movie but i'm like that's some oscar level shit drew barrymore <laughs> like <laughs> it makes me openly weep and i'll say this about sean astin like he is a silly fucking character like his yes. performance is of a guy with a lisp who's probably five four and thinks he's six four but he yes. plays him very loving to his sister. And like, yes. I buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I also buy the roid rage stuff that he like does. That's very silly and over the top. It's so funny. I love it. His roid rage is often to protect her. Yes. Or it's just like, don't you dare say that about my sister. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> There's one montage that is a sad montage where the like we see the dad and he is and Sean Astin is behind the dad and the dad is like doing this sad thing and he is climbed up on the chandelier and is doing crunches until it falls. Yes, <laughs> and it's in a sad like montage. I was like, yes. this guy is giving everything to this movie. Everything. Uh, but so they basically give her like a scrapbook of like, here's the newspaper. Here's everything that happened to you. And here's pictures of you in the hospital. Like they have to like, she has to learn all of it. And she yeah. doesn't believe it initially. She's like, I have to talk to this doctor. And they're like, you have multiple times. And I did like that Adam Sandler was like, yeah, but I'll take you because I want to hear it too. Yeah. Like I, I respect your want to hear this basically. Yeah. Well, and he's super interested in her and like, I think he would benefit from learning more about her diagnosis so he knows how to better manipulate her, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he needs to hear there's no hope. I think people need to hear the real real. Yeah. Oh, I realistically think he does need to hear that, Mikey. Yeah, I was making the joke right. about, yeah. No, I don't think right. he heard it, but I think he goes to hear it. Yeah. I heard no, that. No, I, I get what you're saying, Mikey. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, but so they go and as they're driving, she's kind of like, I don't know you and and her parent her dad is like you're kind of dating him like yeah. i mean it's still kind of up to you and this is where he says i'm sorry i'm not better looking yes um but they're basically explaining like you know the class you used to teach another teacher teaches it now like your brother didn't get to be mr hawaii because he failed the urine test i don't think that's why though like i think that's what he tells himself but like right. there was no way he was winning mr hawaii like he does not look like blaine muscularly we know that that's why he didn't win because they show a newspaper clipping of it yes. later in the movie that says that he was disqualified because of the urine test this 
scene where she asks these questions is the saddest part of the movie to me. <laughs> because they could tell her anything. And like, we know they're telling the truth because we've seen the movie. But ultimately, you could tell her anything. Well, or just the questions she asks of like, yeah. what happened to so-and-so? What happened to yeah. this? What happened to my job? What happened? And like, it just finding all that out like one day, it just made me really sad. Well, I do think that, I think this for me is why I like the video because it tells her everything right out of the gate and yes it's hard but like she has all the information she needs and then she can live different days you know she can go see some of these friends she can go whatever you know like which we see her do so I kind of that's where it shifts for me and I think this is where Adam Sandler starts to get the idea of how they can move forward with this information because this basically is her realizing they all lie to her every day. Yeah. And I think this is where he starts to internalize like, oh, yeah, that'd be terrible to find that out. And we could keep it up, but we can't keep it up forever. So we show up at the Callahan Institute Brain Injury Clinic. So this is the Tommy Boy link. Yes. Because it is sponsored and funded by Callahan Auto Parts. Yes. I noticed that this time. I never noticed that before. And I was like, yep. oh, that's so cool. Specifically, T.B. Callahan. Right. Tommy Boy. Callahan, which is yes. Chris Farley's character. His dad called him Tommy Boy and his dad started yes. Callahan Auto Parts and Tommy has to save it in that movie. Well, and he does call him TB a couple times he in does. the movie. Yeah. Tommy Boy is another one of my favorite films of all time. God, so, like, I love that movie. But it's not a romantic comedy. Like, not it's not a romantic all. movie, but I do love that movie. I love that movie. Anyway, so Dan Aykroyd basically runs her through brain scans and he's like, there's been no improvement. We think that there's scar tissue blocking your ability to form new memories but you know other parts of your brain are doing well you seem to be healthy you can live life it's yeah. just you need to know this basically he literally was like you're stable you'll have like a long normal life except for this your brain won't be able to save new memories right yeah well and, and he does say it could be worse and this is where we meet 10 second tom yeah. i hate when people say that it can be worse yeah, because everything could always be worse. I train people not to say that. <laughs> I'm guilty of it. That's not empathetic. And like, you could, you know, people's, you know, stress and stuff. Well, I, I say it about my own stress is when I tend to say it where I'm like, this is going bad. But you know what? It could be worse. And it's not. Yes, but you don't have to belittle yourself well, and your <laughs> problems. And th they do mean something. And so do your feelings. This is Jake yesterday in the kitchen. He's like, please don't say it could be worse because there could be a zombie apocalypse. But I don't want that to happen either. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. It could be worse. You could get the questions I'm getting on my AMA, which is they're not sexual anymore. It's how do I accept the fact that I'll never be happy again? I thought you said they weren't sexual, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Cut back in. They meet 10 Second Tom, who, as his name would apply, loses his memory every 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. We had a 10 Second Tom in college, and it was a way different story. Oh, it wasn't Todd? Oh, you you guys probably didn't hear about it. Never mind. I don't want to yeah, get into like it. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. I guess that rumor didn't make it down to uh, Ole Miss or wherever the fuck you were. Where'd you go to school, Mikey? I went to Mississippi State. They're the same, right? Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Uh, no, they're not. They're very different. Todd, I'm doing a show on the first uh -huh. that you would love and would love to probably do someday if you were ever in Los Angeles when that is happening. What is it? So I have to make up 
my own parody song and then you perform it American Idol style. The judges decide who goes on to the next round and then you have to improv parody songs to get through multiple rounds. But they, you like choose from preset karaoke tracks. Okay. Oh my God. You sound like Dante <laughs> designing my levels of hell. I know. <laughs> I was like, I'd fuck with that comp. Like, that would be fun. That'd be like me waking up. They're like, here's a crowd. You need to make up parody songs. I'm like, I don't even know normal songs. <laughs> so. This is where Samwise Gamgee uh, asks about his wet dreams. No, that was for his friend. He was asking for Frodo, actually. Yeah, no, Frodo's the one just wrecking them hobbit trousers. (laughs) He's been eating too much elven bread slash steroids. Hey, what if I keep finding Gandalf the White in my pants? (laughs) (laughs) Mikey's shaking his head with disapproval. I don't care. Yeah. You can't throw shade at me for this movie when you picked Redeeming Love. I will hear none of it. I know. <laughs> I'll be the villain of what we ever would have. Wait a second. Redeeming Love, The Vow, this. Mikey, it's your pick next, not Todd's. Wait. Yeah, Todd, you tricked me. <laughs> yeah, it's your pick, Mikey. How's that AMA going? Not good. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll think of that. Have you considered Whitney Houston's classic The, the Bodyguard? bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to watch The Bodyguard, really. Paige just wants to fuck 90s Costner and she just can't admit it to herself. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I don't want to steal y'all's picks. Oh, I don't care. I got plenty of picks. I got to pick another 365 eventually. It's not time for that yet. That's summer movie it's talk. It's not time for that. That's it's July. Summer. When do we do 50 Shades? We're done with 50 Shades, baby. Yeah. As soon as Mrs. Gray writes a fourth novel, we'll do it. We've done all the Fifty Shades. Okay, we've done all the Fifty Shades. Um, Are you looking for something that ridiculous and sexy? Because here for that. We already did Redeeming Love. (laughs) (laughs) So I go after Mikey. We've only been doing this for like two years. (laughs) We always forget. We do. And then as soon as we stop recording, I'm like... What do we watch? What do we need to watch next week? It was your pick. I don't remember. <laughs> I had one in mind that I was going to pick, but... What was it? I'm not going to tell you up to the end of the episode. Okay, fine. Fuck you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Sam Samwise is getting some Gandalf the White at night. You know what? I honestly wish Samwise Gamgee in that trilogy had more Sean Austin from this movie energy. Like Sean if he Austin was like roided out Samwise Gamgee, like that would have been way more fun for me. The fuck you say to Mr. Frodo? <laughs> Give him the fucking ring back. He's just hanging from the birds that fly. Then he's just doing crunches off the bird's feet. <laughs> I like Sean Astin. I liked him in Stranger Things uh, too. Samwise <laughs> is such a good character. He's yeah, way oh, cooler than Frodo. Sean Astin's amazing. I've loved Sean Astin since Rudy. Personally, I ship Samwise and Frodo. I think they're the gay couple we need in hard sci-fi and fantasy. Anyway, so (laughs) they get home that night. Uh, She goes to sleep and they stay up talking with Adam Sandler. And as she's going to sleep, she just says, thank you for being so nice to me today. Uh, Tomorrow, talk to me about Lily so you don't strike out. Like, here are things that I like, so I'm more likely to talk to you. Yeah, she's helping him manipulate her, yes. Yeah. (laughs) And she does overhear his plans about going to Alaska and, and things like that, where he's basically telling them what his plans were, that he has now kind of shifted because he wants to be there for her. Uh, But this is where he says, 
maybe days like this don't have to be so bad because when she's finding out, she's also finding out that you guys have been lying to her for a whole bunch. So if maybe you're not lying to her and we're just telling her the truth right away, it's going to be hard. But at least she's only finding out about the accident, not that everyone she knows lies to her. Yeah, like they're avoiding having a sad conversation and I sort of understand that, but it is like to her detriment. So they like they need to right. be honest with her, even though that is painful every day. And that's incredibly difficult. I get that. Yeah. So we cut to the next day where he gives her lilies and a tape and he just pretends to be a delivery guy. Yeah. So that she takes them. She watches the tape and it tells her everything. Now, it also has this weird role play between him and Rob Schneider that I think he leaves in to try and make her laugh because it's a pretty intense amount of information that she is about to gain. Yeah, but it's like him recreating their first actual date, I think. But Rob Schneider is just more in- interested in like molesting himself and being an obnoxious person. Yeah. Because it is like very childish humor. Well, I-, I find it really interesting that there's a lot of kind of more childish humor, but then a very, the, the love story is sweeter and more mature than that. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah, like no, they kind absolutely. Of yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. It's like dating me. <laughs> <laughs> he interviews a bunch of the people that she knows and they're all like, hey, this happened to you. I'm sorry it happened to you, but we all still love you. And this is why we're telling you. And then it ends with whenever you're ready, we'll answer any questions you have. You're the best. Yeah. Like, sorry. And then she says, how many times have I watched this? And they're like, this is the first time we're kind of trying something new. And she goes and cries for an hour, but then she comes back and she says, well, what happened to the cow? And they say, oh, we have to convince her she's a cow every day, Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of fun. (laughs) It is funny. And she does laugh at that. It sort of breaks the ice there. But when the movie actually tries to deal with like what is really happening to her, it is so sad. Yeah. We just keep rehashing it. We just got to, we got to just like power through the, we got to like put it aside of like, yeah, maybe there's some consent issues, but like, let's just go with everything else. For me, this is where the movie changes because now she knows. Yes. She has as much consent as she is capable of having of having from here on out for the most part for the most part but at this point she chooses to do different things with her day and so they do he gets to know her they kind of go on Mm -hmm. more dates um she goes to a luau where she sees all of her friends that she hasn't seen in a long time because she's been pretending to live the same day uh this is where we get uh, another kind of a, a joke at a trans character's expense although this is definitely done more respectfully than than the other character yeah. which is strange. Yeah, I know. I, I was like clearly you know how to do this exactly, better and you didn't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I was like it's wild that in the same movie they handle this so drastically different because the cisgendered woman is played by an actress, right? And they Correct. are misgendering the entire time. And And the trans man that is played by someone who is in every one of Adam Sandler's movies. Correct. Largely because I assume based on his acting ability. They are friends. They are best childhood friends. They then treat that character with, and I will say they don't do a great job with it, but it's like for the time, way better than they treat the cisgendered woman. You know? Yeah. So like we have a good example for the time and a terrible example from the time in the same movie. And that's insane to me. I still think it's just I think they're the playing time. this for a laugh still. They do. Exactly. And it's just like this is an easy population we can punch, punch down towards. on. Yeah. And no yes. one will care at well, the and, time. And here's the thing. Even though they air quotes do it more right in this scene, 
they're including it for shock value, which is yes. not great either. Like it is included for a laugh. Yes. So they are still punching down, even though they word things more correctly. Right. Right. I just thought it was interesting that the other character that they misgender a lot is played by a cisgendered woman. I'd imagine, at least that's the way she appears publicly. Yes. Yeah, right? no, no. Yes, she is. And yeah. the other character that they sort of get it better on, you know, they sort of get right for the time is played probably by one of Adam Sandler's cisgendered male friend. Yeah, I, I, I think it's more just they found multiple ways to punch, punch down. down. That's also probably. <laughs> yeah. That's probably more what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is also where we get Maya Rudolph, who's like, so every day you make her fall in love with you again? Man, my husband's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you won't even open the car door for me anymore. Yes, but we cut to later that night where she has the video camera and she's kind of interviewing him of like, yeah. tell me about yourself so I can add to the video. So now I am participating in telling myself the things that we have. It's giving her more agency, right? Which I'm super yes. into. Yeah. She asks, do you love me? And she's like, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just, I want to have complete information for the video. And he says, well, I do this every day. So yes, I would say that I love you very, very much. This scene made me tear up a little bit. I was like, oh, oh it makes me cry they every haven't time. Even kissed and he is like, yeah, I love you. Like, I love you. Yeah. Why would anyone do like this is so important to me because I care about you. I mean, we saw him at work at the beginning of this movie and he essentially is never there until he needs to be for a plot point. Oh, 100 percent. So it's like yes. he quit his job. Like he's just never there anymore. Yeah. Well, and in this scene, He's like, you wanted to make out with me for some time. And she's like, ha ha. Okay. But they do kiss. And then we get a montage of first kisses where yeah. it's like, you know, they're kind of building. And we will find out that she is keeping a journal every day so that yeah. regardless of what the video says, she also has her journal of what is happening. Which I like the journal. Me too. I like the journal too. Yeah, more memento for me. I love it. Great. But so <laughs> they end up going back to his work where they are kind of making out and they send, he, he introduces her to the walrus and this is the first time that they kind of sleep together, which it's after, you know, for him, it's a ton of dates. For her, it's that one day. Right. But I think it's that one day built up of everything she has in the journal, all of the videos. Yeah. And she's had a whole day to kind of figure out what she's going to do. So they sleep together off screen. We don't see it. Uh, and then he sings her a very sweet song because this is basically Wedding Singer Part 2. Yes. So he spends the night... But she falls asleep. So when she wakes up the next morning, she freaks the fuck out. Understandably so. Yeah, because there's a strange man, presumably naked or in some state of undress in her bed. Yes. And they show her the movie and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And he's <laughs> like, don't I mean, worry about it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, whatever. But this is where she overhears kind of, you know, the Alaska thing that he's not going to do. Right. And she... You know, the, the doctor comes over to check her out and she's okay. But this is where she kind of learns what her brother and her dad have been through. And that kind of everything is revolving around her making her life happy, which here's the thing. People choose to do with, they, with their lives what they want. Exactly. You yes. know, <laughs> like whatever. Let people make their own choices, you know, like. Yes. But I also understand why she would feel like a burden. I don't think her family would ever say that, nor no, do I think they necessarily believe it. But I would understand why she would feel guilt about that. You know, like, yeah, for I feel sure. like that's a normal thing to feel. Well, and so she shows up at his work later that day 
with the journal and she's like, I need to break up with you because yeah. you are spending your entire life trying to make my life happy, but I'm not going to get better. And so I have to kind of release you from that. Not yeah. just break up, erase you from my memory. Yeah. yeah. Get the tattoos removed, start filming stuff uh -huh. in color. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> she literally says like, uh, my plan is to just forget about you entirely to his face. Yeah. I was like, that's, I mean, accurate because of her medical condition, but also brutal to say to somebody during a breakup. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so what they do is that he comes over that night and they read through the journal and she types out the journal so that she has a record of it. And then they rip out and burn the other pages. Yeah. And they, oh, it's so, so sad because as they leave, they have like one last first kiss and I sob. I was crying this whole scene when he's standing in the rain. Oh, Ugh. Paige. I did not cry in this film. I sob. And then she like joins him in the rain for the kiss. And then she's soaked looking oh, straight fire as he runs to oh, the truck yeah. and leaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, do you think they have like a thing going at some point? The two of them, they like the actors? They have a lot of chemistry, but I do not know. His wife is in this movie. Like he's been married for a long time, but I know he's been married and has like a whole family with kids and whatever and has made almost as many movies with Jennifer Aniston as he has with Drew Barrymore at this point. Although I think Drew Barrymore is their better chemistry. I think so too. I mean, I think they have like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan chemistry. Like they needed multiple movies. I didn't need a Wedding Singer 2, but like they needed to do more together because they were so they were so good together. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is where we get Samwise on the chandelier because we get like a montage of people moving on with their lives. So she's painting. He's packing to go to Alaska. We see her and the other people from the Institute go on like a field trip to the aquarium and she doesn't recognize him. Um, he says goodbye to the walruses and says goodbye to Rob Schneider and his whole family where this is the one I like when when he says basically a goodbye in Hawaiian and then just says it means bring me back a T-shirt. It is insensitive, but that is a very fun language joke always. Yes. Mm -hmm. To have something, especially have it be long and then have it be uh, unemotional and short in, in translation. Always fun. Adam Sandler's reaction to him saying it is perfect because it he, he really does like convey like, oh, that was sweet. What does that mean? <laughs> yes. But he's packing up his boat and the dad and Samwise show up and they're like, hey, Nick and Sue from the cafe gave you spam and peanut butter cups, which is very sweet. It is very sweet. But Sean Astin like intimidates them away from Adam Sandler yeah, and then he runs to them. the car to eat them like Schmeagel. Yeah. And then <laughs> and he asks, how is Lucy? And they're like, well, she she chose to go live at the Institute a few yeah. weeks ago because she felt like she was a burden and we couldn't talk her out of it. Um, so she teaches art class and paints every day. They say that she's singing again. And so, you know, like she's doing well, I yeah. think. So he gives yeah. him a gift, which turns out to be the Beach Boys, which is the song that she always sang on the days that she saw him. And the scene of him cry singing the Beach Boys is so hilarious to me. <laughs> I love it every time. I think we've all been there post breakup. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. So for me, what makes it funny, Paige, is him yelling about, like, why yes. would he have given me a CD that reminds me <laughs> of my time with his daughter? And then smash cut to him driving the boat, just openly man weeping into the sea. Yes. Then he makes the mistake that, 
a lot of people post breakup do of like reading too much into stuff like no yeah. he's sending me a message yes oh, she man. remembers yeah so he turns the boat around he runs into the institute now another one of my favorites is one of adam sandler's friends plays the intake front desk guy at the institute yeah he worked on this movie for literally 45 minutes yes in two scenes and they were shot guaranteed the same day yes (laughs) because the first one is where drew barrymore comes in and he goes hey hi lucy how's it going and she just ignores him because she's she has no idea who he is yeah and he's like what's her deal bitch and they're like dude she (laughs) doesn't have memory you work at a memory clinic and he just goes oh yeah i'm terrible at this job (laughs) and then when adam sandler rolls up at the end of the movie that same guy is like you need an appointment and he's like What's your name? And he's like, uh, uh, and he's like, he doesn't even remember his name. Yeah. You go ahead and go upstairs, sir. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you two. I don't know if we've ever talked about it before. Oh. Did y'all like Grandma's Boy? I am not a huge fan of Grandma's Boy. Can I just say this really quick to answer your question? How can he see me? <laughs> I I have not watched it in a long time. Me either, and I guarantee I you it's so fucking terrible. It doesn't, it doesn't really hold up. Uh, to be, I've seen it more recently. It does not hold up. I am a hardcore Happy Gilmore person, though. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, hardcore. And Billy he Madison is also Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Great, yeah. Anyway, he runs up there and he's like, "Do you remember me?" And she's like, "No, but let me show you something. Yeah. I have been painting basically your face for." At, like weeks I see you in my dream I don't know who you are yeah and he's like I'm I'm Henry uh there's pieces missing from your journal like I'm the guy and they end up kissing and this is probably where the movie should end man shouldn't it like wouldn't it yeah. be great if it did yeah because instead she wakes up she has a wedding ring on she watches the tape and at first on all this I'm like all right but then she comes out and they're in Alaska on a boat and she has a toddler. Yeah. And it's a whole bunch. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. But like if she gets like an infection, it's like, hey, yesterday you got diagnosed with like the flu. We need you yeah. to take your medicine today. Yeah. And like I would be par- I'm like a naturally paranoid person. Oh, like, yeah. They're out to get like, me. Yeah. I think the medicine is what's making me not remember things. Mm-hmm, I shouldn't take mm-hmm. this Theraflu or whatever they've given me. I think that's where the journal comes in, yeah. where she is having to write it down. But so having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about 50 First Dates and should we decide whether Adam Sandler should go to jail or not? <laughs> Let's not. I don't want to okay. relitigate this again. <laughs> but what do you guys think about it? I mean, I still love it. Yeah. Like, I, There are parts that I would absolutely cut out or change, but I do the core love story of this movie. I do really still Yeah, like. man. It really is a movie that if you can get on board, and I think most people can get on board with the magical realism of the bonkersness mm-hmm. of this world, you can really enjoy this movie. And that's how I enjoyed it. Like, I really get that it's super problematic, but I like it. And I enjoy anytime Adam Sandler has fallen in love with Drew Barrymore. But so are all wrong. It, it's, it's a classic rom-com yes. in that if you really start to stop and take stock of what's happening, it's bad. Like, how to lose a guy in yeah. 10 days to, to everything. So, yes. you know... Everything goes back to it. It's the kind of rom-com that forces three nerds to start a podcast. Like, (laughs) it is that kind of rom-com. I love it. 
but it makes you feel good. And I, I think that's, I, I think that's, I think that's an interesting thing about these kind of movies is that they make you feel good when you don't think about it. You just like sit there and experience them. Yeah. When you analyze them, it gets weird. It gets bad, which is what you pay us for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of that, we should start a Patreon for this. <laughs> But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. First Memory, date, fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> now, in an early in the early montage where all the women are talking about all the experiences they've had with Adam Sandler, uh, there's a woman in a dentist chair, and the dentist is actually Jackie Sandler, Adam Sandler's wife. Yeah. And the woman in the chair is Linda Siegel. Uh, Peter Siegel's wife, who's the director, really, okay. uh, but is also a dentist in real life. So I think it's really funny that they have her playing the patient. That's awesome. Now, the neurological condition from which Lucy suffers in the movie, Goldfield Syndrome, is entirely fictional. Um, what does exist is enterograde amnesia that can impact short-term memory. Okay. And that can last minutes, seconds, or intermediate-term memories, which could be days or weeks. But falling asleep has nothing to do with the condition. Sleep can actually intensify memory. Interesting. Okay. So a lot of times, sleep makes your memories a little bit stronger. But in July 2015, a considerable amount of years after this movie came out, two different people were discovered to have a form of anterograde amnesia that resembles some of the stuff depicted in this movie. The first is a man in the UK, originally from Germany, uh, but he wakes up thinking every day is March 14th, 2005, because that's the day he underwent anesthesia for a dental procedure and suffered a rear... Uh, He's going to the wrong dentist. <laughs> wrong dentist. A rare complication. Now, interestingly enough, dementia runs strong in my family gene. And as you get older, anesthesia can cause uh, dementia onsets, which is kind of what has happened to both of my grandmothers to a degree where you go under and then it impacts your memory when you come back. Uh, So that is actually not surprising to me that someone got this that way. But his condition causes him to forget facts, not daily, but within 90 minutes. Oh, another wow. Another patient is a woman who reportedly believes that every day is October 15th, which I think is really interesting because that's the day she believes it is in this movie. Yeah, that is super interesting. Yeah, it's October 15th, 2014. Uh, that woman used to be a, a manager of a pub and was visiting a hospital for a kickboxing injury. And on the way... She slipped and hit her head on a metal pole. Uh, And allegedly for her, it's every couple days and it's not everything. So it's similar, but not exact. The 90 minutes one, that is brutal. But now the diner where Lucy has her breakfast every morning was originally a house that was remodeled for the movie. It's on a macadamia nut farm on the eastern side of Oahu. And it's actually the same house from Tears of the Sun and it's right next to where Jurassic Park was filmed. Really? So, and Lost, probably, right? Yes, and Lost. It's basically next to Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, the clinic that she visits is the Callahan Institute, which we covered this. But yeah. essentially, it is in the Tommy Boy universe. Uh, originally, this movie was titled 51st Kisses, but was changed to avoid confusion with Drew Barrymore's movie Never Been Kissed. Also, <laughs> originally, this was a drama not a comedy. Oh man, this as a drama oh, would have been this so This as a drama would have just been so sad. Um now <laughs> this movie also has kind of a unique designation that it's one of the first films in history to be released on Blu-ray back in June of 2006. Uh it was released along with 
Terminator, the original, nice. uh, Underworld Evolution, Hitch, which we have not done and we, we eventually got to do because I think we're going to have so much to talk about. Uh, also, House of Flying Daggers and The Fifth Element, Hell which yeah. we don't have a show that we could do that on, Bzz, but that's a fave, personally. Uh, and Triple X, the, the Vin Diesel vehicle Triple X. Negative. I am a meat popsicle. Meat Sorry. popsicle. <laughs> I love Fifth Element in a very unhealthy way. Same. I love Fifth Element. It's such a great <laughs> multipass. It's no joke. My favorite Chris Tucker performance. Okay, but I also love Rush Hour though. <laughs> like, like particularly Rush Hour too. Anyway, have you seen Money Talks? I have, I but I still prefer Rush Hour too. It's so dumb. The book Lucy Reads at Breakfast, Still Life with a Woodpecker, a sort of a love story by Tom Robbins, is a love story set in Hawaii. Drew Barrymore actually picked that book herself oh. because she felt like it tied in with themes of the film. Yeah. Like it being in Hawaii. Yeah. She owns several copies of the book, uh, even prior to filming. It's just one of her favorite books. Oh, cool. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. They used the same beach that Deborah Karen and Burt Lancaster used in From Here to Eternity, where they're like making out in the sand. And there are several references to Spam in the movie. According to Hormel, the parent company of Spam, Hawaii leads the nation in per capita consumption of Spam and has for many, many years. Uh, at last count, over 6.7 million cans of Spam are sold annually in Hawaii, which e equates to about 5.5 cans per Hawaiian resident, uh, which honestly seems low. <laughs> a lot. Well, I mean, you have to assume that some people don't eat meat on the island. So that's, that's true. Like, that, you know, like, like, well, that's what I was. That's why I was like, that's why it's down to 5.5. Yeah. Because it's five cans of Spam a year. I'm not even a particular Spam enthusiast, and I probably buy five cans of Spam a year between gag gifts and the occasional oh, craving. I do not. Buy five or do you buy more, Mikey? No, I, I don't. I mean... <laughs> I don't buy a lot of spam. At least once a year, my dad will get a wild hair while I am in Northern California around him and we will fry up some spam. So at minimum, I know I'm buying probably one can for me to do something with during the year and one for dad and sometimes more if I feel like giving people gag gifts or if I want a lot of spam. Well, instead of bath bombs, I'm going to get you seven and a half cans of spam. I couldn't bring it home, though. That'd be tough. But we could fry it up in Kansas City. That's, that's what oh, we're doing. We spam do. cook-off in Kansas that's, City, I mean, that's guys. a lot of spam. I think we only need a couple cans. But Mondo will definitely get down on some spam. And I would get down on some spam. That's fine. Let's do it. Uh, so <laughs> Jocko the Walrus is played by Sivakak, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, one of four walruses that at the time lived at Six Flags Marine World in Vallejo, California, near where I grew up. That was my local, like... Nice. We have Monterey Bay Aquarium, and then we have had Marine World. Now, it's much more of like a theme park as opposed to... It's like a Six Flags. It used to be uh, Marine World... At one point, Marine World Africa, USA, where it was mostly a zoo. And now it's like a roller coaster park. Uh, but the three female walruses are also... Marine World walruses. They are Siku, Ukuk, and Kiluk. I believe I am pronouncing that right. I might be wrong. I am so sorry. Uh, the original script, which was a drama, actually set the movie in Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And finally, one of my favorite fun facts that I found that I am almost 100% sure was added by the person it's about, which are my favorite kind of fun facts because they're unhinged. Yeah. Uh, the dead body in the morgue in the beginning montage of the film wow. was played. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know exactly what it is. And this is such a throwaway shot because there's like, 
Yes, nine it's women in montage. and one yeah. man yes. delivering the same monologue. And it's like one clip of that. Yes. Good so Lord. That was played by a man named Ronnie Har, and he would go on to own and operate a UPS store in Carson, California. And those are your fun facts. Well, Ronnie Har, thank you so much for submitting that fun fact. That is amazing. <laughs> Congrats you on have your a lot UPS of downtime store. while you run your UPS store. Hey, UPS stores are a valuable service. Yeah. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out in 2004. What do you think the budget was for 50 First Dates? This is an Adam Sandler movie shot entirely in Hawaii on location. Yes, on vacation is what you mean to say. Yes. On vacation, which I think this is the movie that kicks off Adam Sandler's policy of like, I do one movie a year wherever my family wants to go on vacation. Yeah. And that's how we do it. Um, But this has big names in it, especially even at the time. Sean Astin was like fresh out of Lord of the Rings at the time. Yeah. Uh, plus Drew Barrymore, I'm going to say this was $40 million. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to say a little bit more. I'm going to say 45 to $50. i want to say 45 though. Okay. That's a fair guess. It was actually $75 million. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you got to remember, like, Adam Sandler has had a bunch of hits leading up to this. Now, this did, it, this was number one, though. Like, it makes, I bet it makes that money back. We'll talk about that, Paige. Yeah. Calm down, baby bird. But this movie all goes to salaries, I guess, right? I would imagine. Well, I mean, they are filming on location in Hawaii, which is not super cheap by any nope. means, right? It but $70 million expensive. I know. I know, Mikey. But I do think there are some expensive. Expensive people in this, but mm-hmm. I think overall it probably went to Adam Sandler, <laughs> his production company, the Gary Sanchez production company. Yeah. Yes, because like he, his production company is honest. So is hers. So is Drew yeah. Barrymore's. So she's getting a producer salary and yeah. a salary for acting in the film. So that drives your price point up a little bit. But I also we cannot discount it is there is a lot of stuff happening in this movie on location that is not cheap. Yeah. So the all of the animal work, not cheap. Him on the ocean, that's not cheap. And that's shot on location. And then all of those like drone shots and cool shots of in and around Oahu. That's not cheap, especially Oahu. Oahu is going to be one of the most expensive islands to film on. So like this is not it's not cheap what they did, for sure. Yeah, but still, if you adjust for inflation, that $75 million today would be about $119.4 million. That's Ooh, just that's the budget. So crazy. But this movie came out on February 13th, 2004, which is like exactly when you want it to come out. And Absolutely. it was number one that weekend. Number two was Barbershop 2, Back in Business. Number three Mm-mm. was Miracle. Number four was The Butterfly Effect. And number five was You Got Served. What do you think 51st Dates made in its opening weekend? I absolutely saw this opening weekend. I definitely did. But do you know what I also saw, if not this weekend, but very close to that weekend, was Miracle. Because I unironically love the movie Miracle. Uh, That had been out for two weeks at that point. So you may have seen both those movies in their opening weekend. And I cry at the end of Miracle every time, Oh, I sob uncontrollably at the end of Miracle. I love Miracle. Because Miracle is about the Olympic team that beat the Russians. But that was like before... Yeah, that was like before America was like, wait, why aren't we sending our professional athletes? Everyone else is. And we started crushing at team sports. You mean the dream team when I was in middle Middle school, school, man? Yeah. 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 
But yeah, it's it's Kurt Russell as the coach in in uh, oh. Miracle, and then a bunch of hot hockey dude players. I was super into that movie, uh, and it's not a romance, so we can't do it. Sorry. Anyway, what do you guys think this movie brought in in its opening weekend? I think opening weekend Valentine's Day. Yeah. You don't think everyone was like, I guess I got to take my girlfriend to go see that new Adam Sandler rom-com this no weekend. Hints, no My hints. brain wants to say 60 million and that sounds crazy for an opening weekend that's not a fucking Marvel movie. But like, you know what? 60 million. I'm going 90. What? You guys are both insane. It's $39.8 million. <laughs> okay, so, that makes sense. Which ain't nothing. And Paige, what was your guess? 60. If you adjust for inflation, that $39.8 million becomes $63.4 million. So your guess is not too far off. You just did the math. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I remember seeing this in theaters. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I mean, listen, you could have seen this in theaters a lot because it was in theaters for 19 weeks total. What do you think it brought in domestically in the theaters in those 19 weeks in 2004? 19 weeks. Yeah. 19 weeks. And this was hugely popular at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's also one of those movies where if you go around and are like, what are your favorite rom-coms? It makes people's top five almost all the time. Yeah, sure. It's like everyone loves it, uh, except Mikey. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say domestic. It made 150. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 112. Mikey's closer. It was $120.7 million dollars. Internationally, it brought in another $75.5 million Jeez. for a total of $196.3 million. And again, that's in 2004. So if you adjust that to now dollars, that's $312.6 million in today's Fucking money. Fuck. So like it almost $200 million in 2004. This movie made that's a like lot a of money. third tier superhero movie. Yeah. <laughs> But th those are also, that's like Fifty Shades numbers, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there was zero on-screen fucking in this movie, which I think is for its benefit because of the consent issues caused by her traumatic <laughs> brain best. injury. But that is box office. I don't necessarily ever want to see Adam Sandler have sex on screen. Nothing personal. Just, you know. I won't tell him. I just think he's going to use the voice where he's just like, come to the back of the boat. You know, like, you know. <laughs> come in the back of my throat or whatever. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, whatever. Let's move on. Let's move on. You guys are grossing me out. <laughs> you can't do that after you say the gross thing. Yeah. You picked it up and ate it. Oh, wait, what? No. Mikey, you forgot to talk about the mignon in the road. Well, when I find a mignon in the road, I choose the mignon less traveled. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> this poem sucks. You didn't establish there were even this two minions. Sucks. Exactly what I was channeling right there. Yeah. Harriet. Anyway, so that's your box office. So Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scales, how romantic we found the film today. It's a scale of one to ten, I think. So, Paige, what do you think? For me, this is a four, and I will I will take no questions. That's so much lower than I was thinking you. I'm, I was okay. thinking four or five, because here's the thing. I'm not immune to the to the implications of this movie, <laughs> but for the the brief portion of it where there is the most consent, I I give it like a four point five to five personally. Oh, okay. I'm okay. giving it a six, Paige. Go for it. Wow. Don't at me, nerds. I was into I'm it. I'm not gonna at you. I'm gonna give it a four because like they okay. have such good chemistry. They really they do. No. And if you are watching a movie to not think, it works very oh, well. Yeah. Very true. If yeah. you don't think, it works great. 
Yes. Just like relationships. <laughs> and that's our romance scale. Yeah, it that's is. That's our romance scale. So this week, Paige made us watch 51st Dates. Mikey, it's your turn. What are you making us watch next week? Choose your decade. Oh, okay. 40s. No. 80s? Yes, done. You didn't give me any parameters. I don't know. I want to see a silent <laughs> film. Paige wins. I have chosen Cocktail starring Tom Cruise. Oh, yes! <laughs> I think I've seen this movie once a long time ago. Wait, what was the other option? It's too late. The other options are off the table. No, I need to know what the other options were. Can't hardly wait for the 90s. Oh. And what's the one with Selma Hayek and the guy from Friends? Fools rush oh. in. Wait, that's also 90s, isn't it? It is, yeah. I was going to round up. It's going to be a 2000. <laughs> Whatever. I'm glad that we got cocktail. This is going to be fucking nuts. Well, your homework <laughs> for next week is to watch, I think, Tom Cruise in a tropical location. I know it's Tom Cruise. Not sure about the tropical location. That tropical location, Manhattan. <laughs> is it? It's an <laughs> island. <laughs> Yes. I like the oil of Manhattan. I know you do. So, yeah, that's my bad. I do remember. I've, yeah, that's a different movie I'm thinking of. Okay. He's got two like this. One, he makes drinks, and one, he plays pool. And we've, we're going to do the play drink one first. Well, but also one where he uh, is basically a pimp. That's risky business. Risky business. He's in high school. So like, oh, no. wait, what? He's a pimp in high school? Yes, dude. No, he risky falls in love. Risky business is a wild <laughs> movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't is, know. We should do risky. Oh. <laughs> you picked cocktail already. <laughs> uh, that movie is about a high schooler falling in love with a sex worker, full adult sex worker. Mm -hmm. And they do have sex on a subway train They do it's Rebecca De Mornay. I need to do some dull research <laughs> We haven't done a lot of 80s Tom Cruise But like there's like five movies we could pick some, about that There's some wild ones Well I can't wait for what the future has in store But yes, Cocktail so yeah, your homework for next week is to watch Tom Cruise on an island Oh God! off Manhattan mixing up drinks and falling in love or whatever. I don't know that I've seen this movie all the way through. I have not. I don't think anyone's paid attention in this room. I've seen some of it. I have seen he scenes He flips from the it. drinks like, around. Yeah, I've yeah, seen That's those. what I've yeah. seen. Yeah, hey, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Well, since I brought it up, I really think you cannot talk like that, but that's fine. <laughs> well, while Mikey's looking one up, let me tell them how they're going to have their review on the podcast. And that's leave us a five-star text review. And I'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Well, we got a bunch of reviews. We got a ton of reviews this week. I'm going to read Cable Atkinson. Well, what does Cable Atkinson have to say? How have you not done these movies? <laughs> Wait, is this a review? Hang on. Or is it just like suggestions? They put five stars there, so I really don't discriminate. That's fair. Okay. They say, huge fan of horror version since early days. Oh, why, thank you. Listen to almost every episode, decided to jump over here and see if you covered any movies I have seen. And what do I not find? No Footloose, no flash dance, no Dirty Dancing. Okay. That is true. That's Those very are three specific. That is true. Super fucking solid suggestions. Also, no center stage. And center stage is a fucking bonkers ass dance. Oh, man. As, if you dated someone while I was in high school, you had to sit in her room and watch center stage at some point in your relationship. <laughs> that is yep. my lived experience as well, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like, being a ballerina sucks. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Can we fool around now? 
<laughs> Mikey, you you know where you you know you were there. You remember? Oh, okay, guys. I active listen about ballerina <laughs> dancing for twenty five minutes before we get to make yeah, out. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it really fucks up your toes standing on points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three of the goat chick flicks, G O A T, greatest of all time slash eighties music film masterpieces. With Todd and Paige being the music heads, they are honestly. I honestly thought these three would be on the first 10 podcasts produced. And this person's got strong feelings, and I'm here for it. I fucking love it too, Mikey. I am living for this right here. I greatly look forward to the day you cover one of these. Dirty Dancing is fucking wild, too. Uh, Yeah. Because she's like 13. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, I can't wait to talk about abortion as well in that film. I know. Yeah. What a nice episode to unpack in common times. This is the (laughs) longest we've ever spent reading a review. That's fine. We're in a talking (laughs) mood tonight. Yeah, we are. It's okay. You three are pod gods. (laughs) Wow. This person is an elegant writer. Yeah. You know, eloquent, fancy language like pod god, Paige. It rhymed. (laughs) It did. You're right. Paige is on my side. Now I think my first... Romancing the Pod episode will be Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Rock on five stars. It's a good episode. And Cable Atkinson, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want Mikey to read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. Every night over and over again because you forget about it last night. To completion. Tonight, pleasion. <laughs> <laughs> What's your pickup line going to be for this movie, well, Mikey? You threw me off with your change of pace here. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I'm going to call you a cow on the road because you stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> and being around you is like having a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> and girl, I want to get laid, Minya. <laughs> 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 Bye! There are probably felonies committed in this movie, nerds! <laughs>